welcome to this Sunday morning meeting podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by Paul Abel. Father, we stand before you this morning in unity with the people of this nation and other nations around the world. To Father, we recognise that the highest way we can live with one another is in a state of peace and reconciliation. And Father, we thank you For those that gave their lives, that today we can have this act of remembrance that enabled us to worship in freedom today. We thank you for those in the armed forces that have given their lives and those who've given their lives in the sense but are still alive because of the injuries they've received. Father, we thank you for those who've gone before us. We stand and we remember them, Lord, and we remember the conflict of World War I and World War II particularly, so that we would not ourselves enter into conflict. Father, that we would, as the word strives us, encourage one another towards reconciliation and peace. Father, we thank you that your peace is here upon us right now. And we pray, that, as some of those slides said, that as the people of Jesus in our community, in our neighbourhood, we would be people of peace and reconciliation. Father, we honour the sacrifices that have been made by us, by people we do not know. And we pray that we would honour that by the way we live our lives now, that as we remember, we look forward as to how we will live in the future from this moment onwards. We pray in Jesus' name to the glory of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 If you'd like to take a seat. So, we're doing things a little bit different this morning. And I'd actually like the... Could the children and young people just come and sit down the front here in front of me? I'd like you to hear some of what I'm going to say today before you go off to your J247 adventures. You might want to turn and face me. But this is for all of us. Hallelujah. So, obviously I just said some things, but can you tell me, uh, we'll go for hands up, I think. Can you tell me some of what is different about this particular Sunday of the year? Okay, let's start with this end. Georgie. It is Remembrance Day, Remembrance Sunday. Anyone want to add some things to that? Nathan, because you're right over there. Yes, that's a really good point. It's a different Remembrance Sunday in the sense that today it's exactly 100 years since the end of World War I. Does anybody know when it was that the people all gathered together in a railway carriage to, to make that? It was, there's a significant number of numbers. Anyone know? Do you want to have a go, Sam? That was during the war. Yeah, they did. They had a Christmas where they sang carols and stopped. But we're now talking about when it all stopped. Sam? Um, Jory, Joshua. The 11th hour He's absolutely right. The 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. Did you want to add some facts, Elizabeth? We did do that, yes. Okay, let's go. You want to add some facts about Remembrance Sunday? Yeah. 
Yeah, go on then. Wow, those are, figures are so big, it's hard to actually even think about it. Did you want to add something, Cameron? <laughs> I'm not sure what that was, but it was factually correct, I'm sure. <laughs> one last one, then. That's right, it is remembered in loads of countries. This is the very, very last one, then. Yes, well, that was, unfortunately, we're remembering the end of World War I. It's unfortunate because it became World War I. And then we had another war, not that long later. And that's one of the things I want to think about this morning because it's good to remember, especially to remember people who've done something amazing for us, that have died literally for us, like Jesus did. Although he didn't die in a war, he died to bring peace. But it's pointless if we just remember. It has to change. It has to affect what we do in the future. And you wouldn't have known this because you would have been upstairs in J247. But last week, we've been working through the book of Ephesians. I talked about, to the people here, how we have what is called a ministry of reconciliation. Now, do any of you know what that huge, long word, reconciliation, means? Looks like it's going to be you, Josh. Joshua. Is it a big group of people? It could be a big group. It could be just two. Good thoughts. Elizabeth. It's very, very similar to that. Yes, bringing peace, Elizabeth said, for those of you that couldn't hear. You want to have a go, Sam? Bringing people back. Yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> it's very deep. <laughs> go on then. Peace with a few people. It can be that. It can be peace with many, many people. So, reconciliation. There was another strange word in there, because this is something... Yeah. Uh, it is, indeed. Yeah. What about the word ministry? What's that word? Go on, Cameron. Yes, you can. You were keen to answer, and I like that. I'm only not choosing you because you've answered so many. I'm just seeing if there's already... I think you, it's going to be you, though, Joshua, so I'm really pleased you're here. <laughs> Go on, then. Church. Yeah, it's very often closely linked with it. I'm, I'm going to say, because we don't want to take all morning, a ministry is... It literally means something that God gives you. It's a gift. So if... When God gives you a ministry, it's a gift, but it's a gift that helps you to help others. So it's a very special kind of gift. So he's gifted your mum to be your mum. She has a ministry of a mum. So you really benefit from that, as you know. <laughs> okay? So when God gives you a ministry, it's a gift to help you do something. So God gives us a gift to help us be a people of reconciliation. And what reconciliation is, well... Hold the thought. And when you go upstairs to J247, Gemma or Charlotte will ask you, 
Can you remember what reconciliation is? So keep your ears open. Okay. I, uh, Elizabeth's nanny was saying to me that you had said to her, Elizabeth, you'd been talking in the car and you'd asked about World War I and what was happening. And one of the questions you asked was, why were they fighting? That's a good question. Why were they fighting? And Kate, your nanny, told you a little bit. And you said, no, you don't need to put your hands down, because I just want to focus on this one answer that Elizabeth gave. She said, well, why didn't they just talk about it? That is the Ministry of Reconciliation. Now, we can come up with lots of good adult reasons why they didn't. But actually, if we think about it, in all situations of conflict, why don't they just talk about it? Reconciliation. Let me... Nathan, could you come here a second? Thank you for volunteering. (laughs) Right, this is Nathan, everybody. Come and stand on the stage here. Right. Anybody friends with Nathan? Lots of people. That sounds good. All right, since I was embarrassing you with your story, Elizabeth, you come. So here we have two friends. Okay? Now let's say that one day, Nathan... We're going to cast you as the villain of this piece at the moment. One day, he does something really mean to Elizabeth. Maybe he takes something from her that she really likes, her basketball maybe, and hides it. It goes worse. Because where he hides it, he didn't realise this bit. We think he didn't realise this bit. But where he put it, somebody had very foolishly left a knife. And as he stuffed the basketball into this hiding place, it went... Elizabeth found out. Elizabeth was cross. Now she has a decision. What was more important, her friend or a basketball, even a friend that had been mean? My friend. Yeah. And that's what happens. They have to talk about it. Why did you do that, Nathan? I don't know. It's just a story I've made up. He hasn't ever done it, as far as I know. Maybe he was feeling jealous that Elizabeth kept going and playing basketball and he wanted more of his friend's attention. But Elizabeth could either just be cross or maybe she could find out what Nathan was feeling about this. And then, at the end, you can shake hands or hug or something. They'll be friends again. Come on, be friends. So in the war, in war, funnily enough, what you did is what a lot of people do. On that, that day, on the 11th day of the 11th month at the 11th hour, one of the things they did was exactly that, to show that they were ending their fight to have peace. And they were doing it for millions of people in that instance. But it's exactly the same. 
We can either fight or have conflict or get angry or walk away or hide or we can talk and find peace together. And when we remember the wars of the past, if all we do is remember, it's a waste of time. But if we look forward and think, well, what's my place then? Remember this long word, reconciliation. And as Christians, as people that believe in Jesus, God says, I've given you a ministry, a special gift of reconciliation. We are people in this world with one another and with everybody out there who God has given a gift to enable us to bring people together, that there would be peace. That is a very special gift. Imagine if we as the church were really using that to the fullness all over the world. Because the final thing is it's not just peace one with another. It's peace between every person and God through Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Now, they're going to ask you some questions upstairs, so I wonder how carefully you listened. Mind you, a lot of the facts come from Joshua, so you should be safe. Hallelujah, let friends depart. Morning again, everybody. For me, that is the significance of Remembrance Sunday. I, I fully believe last night, Kate and I took part in the civic ceremony down at the spa. Uh, remembering, lest we forget, of course, is the, is the line from Rudyard Kipling's poem, although most people believe he actually took that from Deuteronomy anyway. But whilst we remember those things, and some of you will be very excited about those, and some of you will find those things difficult, I don't want it to be a militaristic, triumphant thing, and I don't think anybody does, really. The real significance of today is what you do to end those hostilities. And I hope that everybody that takes part in those, today's, in, in those today, like I said to the children, it's not really just children, is it? I love that response. Well, why didn't they just talk about it? Is it naive innocence of a child, or is it wisdom of a child? We can think of lots of complicated reasons of why. But really, if we could just talk, and be prepared to accept how others think. We can be reconciled. But of course, the amazing thing is, we were at war, not just with one another. We were at war with God. The scriptures actually say we were his enemies. And while we were still his enemies, God loved us. While we were still his enemy, Jesus came to make sure there was a complete way to be reunited with the Father. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. To the Jewish people listening, they would have instantly seen the tabernacle or the temple with the different ways through to that most holy place. It is the way that we can access God the Father. In the most holy place in the tabernacle was the ark with the cherubim on top of the ark. The ark was where they kept the commandments that had been written on the tablets of stone. It was where Aaron's staff was to be kept and where the manna pot came to be kept. But that ark became a reminder 
to the Jewish people in the desert, and then when they had a temple, that God was to be living in the middle of his people, in the middle of the community of those people. And when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, there is no other way to the Father except through me. He was saying, this is the way that we can come into a place of intimacy with the Father. It's a mystery. We don't fully understand it. It is a mystery revealed, but it's not a mystery completely understood, nor will we this side of heaven. Maybe we won't even that side, I don't know. And when we come before God shortly, and we begin to encounter him here, Remember, we come through the way, the truth, and the life. In the middle, on the top of the ark, was a place that became known as the mercy seat. Because the, the commandments were in the ark, it was a reminder of the law of God. And to come into... God's presence by the law would mean it was a throne of judgment. That seat would not be a mercy seat, but a judgment seat. And even in the times of the tabernacle, what the high priests would do would take the blood from the sacrifices in the courtyard, would walk through the holy place into the most holy place and would sprinkle blood on that throne of judgment, so that the throne of judgment would be a throne of mercy, that we would not be judged by that law, that there would be a way to obtain forgiveness, a blood that would be a redemption, a payment, if you like, from God to himself, to ensure that whole, all of the law was completed and that we could dwell with him in that most holy place. We were over in Hollybush on Friday night and uh, as part of what we did that night, I shared some of the teaching from Deeper on the Saturday morning for those of you who were there. And uh, it's on the word worship, shakar. And particularly that first letter. Now the first letter is that one with three arms, if you like, sticking in the air. And the first arm says, I cut off the work of the enemy. I'm telling you this now because we're going to worship very soon. But one thing God has done amongst us is we, we don't accept just having a sing-song, that's for sure. But nor do we just accept we're going to do something religious. I'll talk a little bit more on this later, but once we've been in God's presence. But that arm that you raise, it's your left arm. The meaning of the letter is that you are cutting off everything of, of the enemy. Fear, doubt. Because the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. This arm raises. Say, I'm cutting that off. I'm cutting that off. There were some things we cut off in Hollybush, which 
we won't go into now. There were some specific things that God showed me, and it, it was very powerful. This arm, the right arm, is wisdom and revelation. It's what we saw when we've been through Ephesians, of God giving a spirit of wisdom and revelation. There's something powerful in the body worshipping together because the body is the fullness of Christ, as it says there. That as we raise this arm, God begins to give us wisdom and revelation to understand more. I mean, what it actually says is wisdom and revelation to know Jesus better. See, you can know Jesus. I want to know him better. Cutting off the work of the enemy. Wisdom and revelation to know him better. And the third arm is not really an arm at all when it's us. It's this part. It's your mind, your body, and your spirit. And it talks of connection with God. So that this whole symbol is reproduced of that letter as you stand there. It's not... You see, we don't just pray with words. Our mind is not isolated from who we are. The way we position our bodies and what we do with our bodies is just as important. You can pray by doing this if you know what it means. If you think you can't communicate with your body, just think of British Sign Language. Of course you can communicate with your body. This is a powerful communication that by the grace of God, I'm submitting to God so that I can resist the enemy so that he will flee from me. And when we do it together, you know, together as the body, that is powerful. We have a lot to learn from God. This side, wisdom and revelation this morning, Lord. Let me know Jesus better today. Imagine what we build together as we worship this morning to know Jesus better. Revelation, not just knowledge which puffs up, the Bible says, not just knowledge that makes us pride, but a revelation that sets us free. Revelation sets us free from all the things we don't understand. The struggles, the suffering, the troubles that we go through. God can give us revelation that enables us to live beyond those. To move from this present to glimpse into eternity. To see that our current existence is small compared to what God has for us. And then the connection between us and God. The second letter, and I'm going to do it again now because I know God wants to fall upon us in this time of worship and so it's good to understand what we're doing. The Hebrew is so ingenious that even in this one word, every letter has got meaning. The middle letter looks like, a, like that, an N, sort of with a flat top. And it goes up on one side. And for the Jewish people, it shows that the prayers, the praises, the worship of God's of the people go up from the earth. They're received in heaven and the answers come back down. Don't know what you're praying for right now, but worship is where you receive the answers. And also, because it's this shape, 
It symbolizes coming into a secret place. You step into the most holy place with God. It's a secret place of intimacy. It's almost shocking to understand that it was actually used quite intentionally as a symbol of the bridal bedroom. Such was the level of closeness. Which is, in a world besotted with sex, is quite hard to almost understand that, that you could use that symbolism, isn't it? But it's because we live in a world that's corrupted that idea so much. And the last letter looked very similar to the middle letter, that one like that, except that here is a little gap. And that gap is very important. The gap is said to signify that no matter how dark things can be, God's light will always shine. No matter how dark the place you found yourself, there's always a window of opportunity. A gap of repentance, it's sometimes called. And that last letter is called the high. It's very breathy, high. And it literally does stand for the breath of God. So as we worship God this morning, let's just put the whole picture together. We stand as God's community. When we raise a left arm, we are cutting off the enemy from stealing from us. It's a submission to God, but it's also resisting the enemy. And it's a great way to do it, because you don't have to give him any attention. You're just doing it. So we submit to God and we resist the enemy, so that he will flee from us. This arm we raise with an expectation that today, as we meet together, the spirit of wisdom and revelation will move amongst us and upon us so that we know Jesus better. Then, by faith, we realize that this means we are going to have a connection with God. Mind, body, and spirit. Connecting with God. The body together. And we'll see why even that is so important slightly later on. From this position, we go into the secret place. Secret in the sense that it's a place of intimacy for us and God together. It's that place of knowing, a place of encounter. The place where, even as you worship, the prayers that you've prayed, the faith that you've had is going up to heaven, being received in heaven, his banner over us, and returning from heaven. Like the picture Jacob had of the angels ascending and descending in the certain place. The certain place is the secret place, is the most holy place. And then... In that most holy place, the secret place where we are meeting with 
the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God comes. Hi. Breathes upon us. His life. His health. His peace. And we take hold together and renew that gift, that ministry, the gift that's given to enable us to serve, that ministry of reconciliation in kingdom faith, in our neighbourhood, our community, and beyond that. We are. How significant on this day that we've got to this point by accident as we've gone through Ephesians. I don't think the Lord works by accident, but we've just got to this point of reconciliation on this day. Why would God do that? Well, there's probably more than one reason, but one reason I know is to remind us that we're not here for ourselves to receive this gift. But as we exercise this gift amongst ourselves, it will change our communities. Such a powerful gift and such an easy one to lose. So easy to hurt one another, get annoyed with one another, fed up with one another, irritated by one another, tired of one another. That uh, screens that showed while we were in the uh, while the trumpet played and the two-minute silence. I've, I've, I'd completely forgotten about them, but they were the screens I used last year on Remembrance Sunday while I was speaking afterwards. That, and I talked about us being the, peaceful of Je- the people of Jesus, the people of peace, and talked about us being the people of reconciliation. I personally had completely forgotten that, and it was there on my uh, iPad. So I used it slightly differently. But I thought, wow, we've got back to the same point. And hasn't that been so much what God has been doing with this wisdom and revelation, the spirit of? He's bringing us back to truths that we think we've known. And then he's taking us deeper and giving us a greater understanding. It's like what we have understood is just so shallow. And God's saying, in this time, we're going deeper. Deeper in our understanding, in the revelation, in our knowledge, that we would know Jesus better. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.